episode five of uh, I finally found a name of the the freemium podcast. All right. I don't know if it's a good name or not, but I was so frustrated. So I'm getting off topic again. So no. well, welcome to episode five of the Freemium Podcast. Today's guest, we got uh, Mr. Dave Rose Hi, of, Smoke Show, of Smoke Show Hot Sauce. It's a pleasure to be here, man. And um, yeah, t- tell us, uh, introduce yourself. I mean, uh, Dave Rose, seven years ago, I had some sort of out of mind decision to start a hot sauce company and here i am <laughs> been dragging myself through the mud ever since and uh and yeah you know that's uh that's really what defines me now is the fact that i run this smoke show um it's a it's a growing business that has gone through the ringer and it's the best fucking thing ever um other than that i'm a father and uh i recently started w- woodworking <laughs> interesting i got into woodworking because i'm a dad now yeah it's just like dad shit you do okay. when you like have a kid you're like got i'm it. gonna just make a table it's like what do you do you just go into the garage and start cutting shit i have a shed in my backyard okay, that great. i've converted into like a into like a woodworking shop okay and uh <laughs> it's not there's no power so like i run one shitty extension cable from my house into my shed okay um and yeah i like to make things with like hand tools so like no power tools all like all my tools are like over a hundred years old so you're so you're a handy dude like handy enough like if i had to like take that door off the hinge like i can figure that out you know what i mean and if i had to like build you some very simple furniture i could probably do that as well but like by no means am i some sort of pro woodworker i have i i think i honestly and i'm not even joking i think i could be on canada's worst handyman yeah. I, I, oh my God. I I can't. I can't. St- I like. I like gardening. I like doing landscaping. I like doing all that kind of stuff. For whatever reason, when it comes to fixing shit inside the house, I don't have the patience to. You know, when you're like playing with things. You got to get the nail in, and you got to get the or glue yeah, it yeah. together, and yeah, the, the yeah. precision, the accuracy. Yeah. I have no patience for that. Like yeah. I, I get a feeling in my stomach, of of hatred and disgust. Yeah. That, I get that. And there's some woodworkers <laughs> actually who are like super precise and everything is like measured a billion times and they cut things super pre- precise. But uh, I make like what's referred to as country furniture, okay, which is like the opposite of that. You know, <laughs> you could fucking make a table that isn't like actually straight and it's fine. No one will ever know because the table looks like it's, you know, 100 years old and whatever. Interesting. Yeah. We, I, I have a funny story. One of my buddies, uh, Brent... Um, I'd like to get him on the, the podcast, actually. And he made us, this is back in the day when um, when I was a student at Concordia. So it was me, my buddy Pete, my buddy Eric. So it was three of us in a, we're like 20, 21 years old so you can, and students. So you can imagine what it's like there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my buddy, I was there. I've yeah. been there. And my buddy Brent just, he built this table for us randomly. He's like, oh, it's the housewarming gift. Like, oh, thanks so much. It lasted the whole year. And then finally on St. Patty's Day, we threw this party. And everyone was dancing on the table and everyone was just like, you know, throwing shit. I think we had like 80 people inside of like a thousand square foot apartment and it didn't make it through St. Patty's yeah, Day. But that, it had a good run up until St. Patty's Day. That'll that'll do it, man. You know, St. <laughs> Patrick's Day, 80 people <laughs> yeah. put his work, his work, his craft yeah. to the test, you know? Yeah, it was a good That's story, it. though. But um, so, yeah. So, Dave, you're you're a, you're a Montrealer. We've Born known each raised. We've, we've known each other for um, for a while now. I probably like for where did we meet? Abbott, I want to say. Yeah, probably Abbott, you know, I think West Island, we all skate on a pretty small rink and we all kind of know each other and know the same people and go to the same places. And yeah. Yeah. And so 
tell us or tell me, so you said you started Smoke Show Hot Sauce or Smoke Show, the brand, we'll call it that. Yeah. It's, it's more than just hot sauce now. There's oh, yeah. like spices. There's all that kind oh, of yeah. stuff as well. I was snooping around on the website doing 12, my homework. 12 products now. There, there we go. We're going to get into all this. Yeah, yeah. So h- how, how did you get started in in, in hot sauce? Or, or I'll start. Why did you want to start Smoke Show? Um, okay. So Smoke Show was started really for lack of a better choice in the sense where like I was working. Uh, I was shucking oysters at Joe Beef. Yep. And I was just like, I would work in the restaurant industry at the time in my life. Like I would work all winter and then I would just go travel during the summer. Like I had, yep. that was it. That was like my whole thing. But then I turned, you know, 24 and I was like, okay, well maybe this isn't sustainable. I'm like, maybe I can't just do this my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, but regardless, like that was like what was going on in the back of my, in my mind. But when it came to actually making our first product, which is our hot sauce. Um, I just was super hungover, went to my parents' <laughs> house on Sunday. Like, okay. like we have family dinner at my parents' place. Yeah. And I was feeling like super unproductive and I was like, I need to do something today. Like just like really fueled by like guilt and like, you know, like hangover anxiety. It's not a nice feeling. No, no. So I went to the Atwater. At the time I was living in St. Henry. I went to the Atwater market. I bought some jalapenos. I'd been like watching a ton of YouTube videos on like how to make hot sauce and yeah. different stuff like that. And um, so I brought I brought the jalapenos to my parents' place and yeah. uh, and I was charring them. I knew I wanted to like char the jalapenos before making a sauce with them because I just thought it would taste better. And by pure coincidence uh my brother was cooking dinner for us that night and he was smoking ribs like we have a smoker at my parents place and and he had ribs in the smoker and on my way in to uh the kitchen like we kind of looked at each other we had this like moment of you know fraternal telepathy and we were just like fuck we should smoke these peppers eh?" and like threw them in the smoker just for like a half hour and then i'm and then and then i brought in those smoked charred peppers threw them in the blender and then the original recipe that I was like going to or that I had thought about included sugar like most hot sauces will have a bit of sugar just to kind of like chill like the spice out a little bit and uh and I was like man you know what instead of like we just charred and smoked these these peppers like fuck like instead of using regular boring sugar I was like let's use maple syrup so I used uh maple syrup to uh to sweeten the whole thing so this is a total experiment complete experiment Okay. Like, like, no, like, oh, I'm going to start a business. Like, uh, nothing. No, that's, uh, you're just trying to make a good sauce. That's all you're trying to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to have in yeah. my fridge and, and whatever. Yeah. And that, and so that's what I did. I made I made a sauce. I put it in, like, a squeeze bottle. And I brought it home. And, and like, I used it once on my eggs. And I was like, oh, like, this is cool, whatever. And then, and then uh, <laughs> about... I don't know. Two weeks later, I had a I had a party. A bunch of restaurant people came over, and we were just like barbecuing in my backyard. And someone asked for hot sauce, and I went into my fridge, and like, you know, I was sriracha was there, and I was like, oh wait, hold on, I got this bottle of hot sauce I made. It may as well like just serve it. So I put it on the table, and uh, sure enough, the next morning, when I was cleaning up, the bottle was like empty. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit! Like they, you know, this whole there's a bottle they, of hot sauce. Like you know it, what yeah. I mean? I was like, this is gone. Like it's gone. I was kind of bummed because I wanted to like, have some, <laughs> and then later on that day, two people called me like two completely like separate people unsolicited just called me up and were like, Hey man, like, uh, can you make some more of that? Or like, are you planning on making more of that green sauce? Like it was so good. Like what was in it? No, no. 
and then uh, like a light went off and i was like shit you know two people were here yesterday got wasted but then like found the time today to call me and ask me if i can like make them more sauce so a light went off in my head and i was like shit maybe i will start selling this stuff so i brought it to uh you know drinkery in san henry yep yeah yep so i used to go there a lot yeah and um i brought it probably that night uh to I, I made some more and i brought it to the manager there and i was like try it in a bloody caesar because like I, I was like if we're gonna sell this thing like i want to get it in all restaurants bars like across the board so sure enough, like he made a Caesar with it instead of Tabasco. He used this. So like the smokiness and the sweetness and like everything just like was incredible. Like it was like, it's honestly, it's so good in, in, in bloody Caesars. And he was like, bring me a case like as soon as you can. So I was like, uh, okay. So then I, I had to like go home, think of a name, think of a, of a bottle to put it in. Cause I wasn't going to bring it to the fucking Mason. And you, and you, were you planning on making each sauce handmade and kind of just putting it into like a box or something? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, dude, dude, I made that sauce. So, so like, that's how it started. I brought him a case. Yeah. I gave yeah. him a case of 12 bottles of sauce. Uh, I came up with the name smoke show because at the time it was just like a word that was being used. Like, you know, it still is luckily for me, but like back then it was like, you know, people yeah, are yeah. just like throwing that word around, and I was like, okay, well, the pepper. Smoke show is kind of like for whenever I think of smoke show, it's kind of like I just think of like a really good-looking girl. Yeah. Like, oh, that girl's a smoke. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I've, I've, girl, guy. Like I've heard yeah. girls refer of to course, guys yeah, like, oh, ways, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, but very, very positive connotation with the word. Like, yeah, smoke show. we used to use it more like when we had a crazy night out. We'd be like, oh, <laughs> dude, last night was like a fucking smoke show. Like, like, <laughs> but again, this is like twenty whatever 14 or yeah, yeah yeah and um so so yeah that was it i brought him i brought him 12 bottles that i literally blended in my kitchen and and uh luckily i'd written down the recipe and he gave me 60 bucks <laughs> for the 12 bottles and i was like hey my idea just turned into a business did you did you get a chance to like put the branding on the bottles or there were just there were non-branded bottles at the time i they were branded but all it said like there was no nutritional value there was no <laughs> and i'll tell you a funny story about nutritional value but yeah, there yeah. was um there was no nutritional value uh there was no ingredients nothing it just said smoke show written on like a little shitty pl uh, like plastic was there like a picture sticker. was there a picture of your face too Kinda no like no 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 dude that <laughs> man we were talking about branding about hot sauce that that was like one thing from the get-go i was like if i'm starting a hot sauce like for some reason the hot sauce industry it's like accepted to have branding that literally looks like a 12 year old was like yeah this this is the one we're gonna do yeah. you know like the guy eating the hot sauce and like his ass like there's fire coming out of his ass <laughs> yeah. or like the skull with the sombrero like it's so juvenile and i was like why does it have to be this way you know what i mean like i, I never i never got it so that was exactly what we we didn't want i was like i was like dude fuck that like let's just keep it simple it was in a clear bottle you could like even the sticker we put on it was clear and uh you could see uh the product you're getting you know so the that was it for me. Like I wanted something that looked cool. Like, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people go to the SAQ and they buy a wine. Yeah. Like they don't know like the no. difference between a fucking Pinot Noir or a Gamay or whatever. They're just buying a bottle because they want a, a I'm bottle. I'm like that red. too. I'm like that too. Like, uh, but I'm aware of the fact that I'm like that. When I go into a grocery store, go get wine, go get whatever. I'm a sucker for a nice branding or a nice marketing. That's it. Like That's it's, it. it makes a difference. Right. And then, and so, so like that'll like, you know, what'll, 
get people to buy it. And then when they bring it home and it's like good, they're like, oh, I'm like, this is perfect. You know what I mean? So that was it. I knew the product. I knew once the, the people tasted the product that like they would be into it. I just needed to figure out a way to like get them to want to buy it. And if I'm on a wall full of hot sauce, like uh, just with some shitty label on it that just doesn't stand out, then forget it. So so that's what I did. I, I use that kind of that mentality of like, oh, I'm going to buy this wine because the label looks cool and because I'll Instagram it and because whatever. And then if it's good, like they're locked in. So so that was it. We recently rebranded, but the the original um, that was like the concept for the, the whole original brand was just like make it look make it stand out you know as much as possible and then let the let the sauce kind of sell itself that's this is this is an interest i didn't think there was that like that big of a story to kind of just like it's like and it this happens a lot where it kind of just happens by fluke when you're making something and so what what's this rebrand that you guys are doing right now Basically, before because it used to be i'm trying to go off memory i bought i used to buy the aioli I haven't bought it in a while because it's like I and we'll get into that later. Like when I used to get a, go to Metro, it's like yeah, I, I, I don't see it in the usual place. Yeah, no, we 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 scrapped all that shit. Okay, uh, my whole business has changed this year. Actually, okay, we're yeah. gonna get into all yeah. this, yeah. but it's like I remember the branding. So I bought the green sauce, the original, and yeah. I used to buy the aioli, yeah. and it was like a a plastic, um, just like a plastic bottle, and then would say Smoke Show on it. Yeah, so Smoke Show was written vertically. So like. The concept, like the original one, it said smoke show vertically. Eventually, like also vertically, we wrote like lightly smoked jalapeno hot sauce, yes. whatever. But like that was like the least scalable thing because the next product we released also, which was the aioli, said smoke show vertically again. And then it said lightly smoked jalapeno aioli also vertically. And the aioli, like the actual like descriptive word on that, which is aioli, was written in like size for font and it was written vertically so like unless you knew what it was if it was on a shelf in a store you had no idea like you had to read something that was like so so small and then we just kept releasing like you know our barbecue sauce our ranch it was all written vertically and it was all really really small uh and it was just smoke show that was written huge so i was like man this is crazy so now we've changed everything we have a black label all like smoke show is not on the forefront. Now it's like, it'll say ranch and like huge writing horizontally because that's how people read. Did and you work, did you work with any company to do this rebrand? No, no. You guys we, did it I, yourself. Yeah. I came up with the concept. Um, I was working, it, it was all done internally. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so, so that the, the whole rebrand was just done, yes. um, pretty quick. Uh, it was like loosely based off like, you know, the, the spices. Anyways, I don't need to get into the weeds here, but but we're really happy with it. And it's uh, we're seeing like an increase for sure, because people now aren't like questioning what's this yellow sauce like on the shelf. Now it clearly says like Dijonese across. the. Front did you it. run any tests before you did that? Fuck or are you no. just nothing? Eh? No, there was no. Um, what's that called? Like a not a blind test, like um, like a sample size. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. So you just you're like, no, I think this is going to work. You started it and it's that's it. Seems it to be that's working. it. And and to be honest, maybe uh, I should have. But we act, especially like with the year we just had, like we act very fast at Smoke Show. And yeah, and I um, how many people are you guys, by the way? Right now we're six full time employees. Okay. We don't manufacture anymore. Okay. So that takes out like a big, um, you know, we're just a, basically a sales company at this point. Got it. Like we're just like sales and marketing. We, and so and so, so you basically you just go to like um you go to like a manufacturing plant that makes 
that can manufacture food and just give them the ingredients and they'll they'll make the sauce for you guys yeah it's it's a little more complicated than that because you need to have like a certain amount of volume so i got guys got all, people all the time hitting Makes me up sense. like yo dude I, like i have this really good sauce i'm thinking or like any food product oh i want to start selling it like do you know a manufacturer it's like yo there's no easy way out of this like you need to make it yourself and sell the shit out of it until you have x amount of locations and then you bring it to a manufacturer and then they'll make it but if you're like if you go to a food manufacturer and you're like oh i want to start this business i have zero dollars in revenue i have i'm selling in zero yeah. stores can you make this for me yeah a they're going to be like okay fine but our minimum is you know ten thousand dollars that, that, whatever that was my question like typically speaking if you're going to a manufacturer what is the minimum contract if that's what you want to call it what's the minimum minimum amount of 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 revenue that you need to give to them like is it so, is it a hundred thousand fifty thousand yeah there's a huge spectrum like there's there's like one company called Morehouse that comes to mind like they uh I talk to one of their uh, VPs regularly they're absolutely way too big for us like Got they it. do all like the what's the, their minimum their minimum for one SKU is a full day of production which is um it's like 9,000 cases of one product yeah so it's huge they're like, in Montreal these guys uh yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. they do like all the my mustard like like the legit like old style Dijonese uh, or like like Dijon you know like straight yeah, up like, yeah. so they sell to like every Costco across North America they sell to like every big chain grocery like insane volume insane this volume. is so interesting I did not know this like I like I I had I knew that it was like this with your business but is this standard across condiment industries where they kind of outsource the manufacturing oh, everyone man really? like like th like okay and so it's to a, like to a third party it's not even it has nothing to do with uh yeah so let's say what dijon what's the brand that makes dijon i know exactly uh, what you're talking my m-a-i-l-l-e they're a french okay. company yeah. like they, they're based in france like they're not shipping stuff here they oh. go to a company here called morehouse that has like you know pretty good um production capabilities and they're like hey here's our contract here's what wow. we want to pay make it happen Here you're like yes or no this is how you make yeah, it exactly kind of, then and they'll then they'll, they'll shake hands they'll do like it. you know they'll lock in for you know a term four or five years whatever and they'll just bang out thousands and thousands of bottles a day of this mustard you know it's huge so like huh. we now are like dealing with a few different manufacturers um but but prior to all of this like if you want to go back a little bit to like getting this company off the ground like it was every weekend i would make sauce on the weekend by hand and then i would sell it like throughout the week get orders and then make more sauce and then sell it and like that was just in time really. inventory yeah yeah literally <laughs> it was crazy when and when you were doing the sales, were you doing door to door? Were you yeah. doing because you already you, and you already had a pretty because you worked in restaurants, you must have had a already good network and stuff like that where you could sell to existing restaurants around the Montreal area, I would guess. Yeah, I knew a lot of people uh, in the restaurant industry, but like the yeah. people I knew, like, like, for example, Nora Gray, okay? like I would bring them a case of sauce, but like they're a fucking Italian restaurant. Like, yeah, like they're not a the chefs never going to use it. On, yeah. on a dish right because yeah. she's gonna just make her own and it's gonna be better yeah um and then they leave it at the bar so like for a bloody caesar or whatever whatever yeah. like people would do then like 
Joe Beef started serving it on their oysters, which was like big because they do a ton of oysters. And also at the time they were like considered like top restaurant in Canada. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so people were coming, you know, from all walks of life. Like when they were serving the oysters with the smoke show, would you see the smoke show brand or was it just like yeah. in a little ramic? They would no, see, they put see the it brand. on the fucking bottle. Not like our friends at Loic who put it in a, in a, bullshit little container and i'm like i'm like yo i'm like put it in the bottle you know like, people steal the bottles i'm like dude, yeah. who cares anyways so i'm just i'm just i'm just goofing around but um half goofing around yeah 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 exactly um but yeah no it's uh the restaurant like industry really like helped me and then mandy's like getting into mandy's that changed everything yeah you hear a crazy fucking story yes because i and i'm pissed right now just a little side note when i go to mandy's now Recently, I always go to the one on sources. The salads are great and the service is always fantastic. So I don't want to say it's bad service or anything like that. But I used to love adding smoke show to my, I get the same salad every single time. Yeah. I get the endless summer. Yeah. And I used to love adding smoke show Fuck to yeah. it. They don't have smoke show anymore. What? Bro, they do not have smoke show anymore. Like in the kitchen or for sale or both? Definitely not in the kitchen or they're lying right. to me. I'm calling fucking Kelsey Hoffs, bro. <laughs> yeah. I'm calling Kelsey Hoffs. So this, because I, I, I used to, specific, and now they're giving me sriracha. I try, it's not the same. I don't want sriracha. Are you serious? They're giving you I'm, sriracha? I'm, I'm dead serious. Okay, I'm, no, and bro, no. I, I don't go there uh, once a month. I'm yeah. there like one to three times no, a week. I'm going to fix this, guys. Okay. 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 Um, so, so crazy story. Okay. This is a, an absolutely, this is how I closed Mandy's case. Okay? So at okay. the time I had left briefly, uh, Joe beef, um, Max, our friend, Max, Max opened majestic. Boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He opened majestic on, uh, on cellar on, he hired me there to, to shuck oysters. And, um, at the time I was like peddling sauce, uh, on the, on the weekends I, I would make sauce and, and actually majestic started, um, buying it and serving it on their oysters. So Lisa, who owns Nora Gray, comes in with Rebecca, who owns Mandy's. Okay? Got it. She's Mandy's sister. Yeah. And they have the oysters, blah, blah, blah. Okay, there's a lot of names. I'm not good with names. Yeah, so it doesn't a, matter. It doesn't okay, okay, matter. Okay, cool. But and just the owner owner of Nora Gray and the Mandy's owner. Yeah, like two very legit business yep. owners come in and Got I'm it. just like, Got I'm it. just serving them and, and, and shucking oysters. Yeah. And um, they, I was really feeling sick. Okay. I was like, feverish i got begged to come in to work that shift and i was like okay okay like fine i'll come in i'll come in i was like i was like really sick and i knew lisa and she introduces me to to rebecca and they have the oysters and, and rebecca asked me she goes oh i hear you make this hot sauce yet i was like yeah she goes okay well uh, i own mandy's i had no idea i was like holy shit that's amazing she's like we'd love to like we're looking for a good hot sauce like can you bring us a case on monday this is a thursday i'm like yeah no problem that weekend, I'm still feeling very sick. I go to, um, I go home back to my parents' place because, like, that's where the smoker was, and I, I have to make the sauce because I got to bring a case to the Mandy's on Crescent downtown. At the time, I think they had just that location and the Sherbrooke location, and um, I, I'm not even joking. I'm like making the sauce, and I'm so sick. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I'm feverish. Everything's hurting. All fucked up. Okay. Can you get like germs and viruses into sauce? No, you can't. You can't. And anyways, I was like boiling it. I was like, don't, <laughs> yeah. don't ask me about how my, you know, the, the quality the control. Yeah, I don't know about back that. Then it was, you know, okay. I did what I had to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so anyways, I, I make, I make some, some sauce for the next week's delivery. And then 
she told me to bring it in on Monday. Okay. So Monday morning I wake up and I'm like in a pool of sweat. Okay. Ugh. I have like night sweats. I'm like yeah, fucked yeah, yeah, up. Yeah. Still so sick. And I'd literally just been like fueling myself on Dayquil yeah. all day. Like just drinking out of the bottle, just, you know, one foot in front of the other, whatever. Like this will go, this will go, this will go. I end up, uh, I decide Monday. So like one block over from Mandy's on Crescent is my GP, my doctor. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go see my doctor. Maybe I'll get some medicine and, uh, and then I'll go deliver this case to, to Mandy's right after. Like it was like next door. So I go to see, I go to the doctor and he's like a family friend and uh, he like listens to my lungs. He goes, your lungs sound a bit fucked up. Like, do, can you go upstairs and get a, a chest x-ray? So I'm like, yeah, okay. Like no problem. So I go upstairs uh, to like the, the x-ray place. I get, I get a, I get an x-ray and I come back down and he comes back in the room. And again, this is like a family friend of ours. The guy is like pale. He like looks very uneasy. And I'm like, I'm like, Charlie, what's up? He like sits down and he showed me um, an x-ray of my heart, of my chest that I had done like a few months prior for some other shit. And then he shows me the one I just took. My heart was like swollen. Like it was like three times the size. Okay. It was like a huge, huge black circle on the x-ray. So this is a, this, this is a problem. This is a, and then, and there's fluid in my lungs. So oh my this God. is a fucking huge problem. It's like, you need to go to the emergency. He's room. like, he's like, did you drive here or do I call an ambulance? Like, which one is it? And I was like, no, like I'll just drive. He's like, go immediately right now to the ER. He wrote some shit on a piece of paper. He's like, don't wait in line. Don't do anything. Show them this paper. They're going to take you right in. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm, 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 I'm literally freaking out. Okay. I end up getting rushed to the hospital or I rush myself to the hospital and, uh, they take me in the lady, like the nurses take me in right away. They strap me, strap me up to like an EKG to like measure my heart rate and shit. And super unprofessional of them. They were like two nurses. They look at each other and they go like, Oh my God. Like, <laughs> like they whisper. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'll never forget it. They're like, stay here. No, no, no. They like bring me into a room. Head cardiologist comes yeah. in. And then he starts asking me like all these crazy questions. Yeah. Like, like Oh, like, and throughout uh, this time, are you just thinking about, fuck, I got to get that box of hot sauce. So, to yeah. So it's, it was still in my car, right? Yeah. So they start asking me all this shit about my health and, and, and they're asking me like, like, you know, do you inject drugs? And like, do you have unprotected? Like they're asking me the fucking HIV questions. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, Hey man, I don't have fucking HIV. Okay. Yeah. Like what is going on here? They're like, this, they're, your heart is completely swollen. There's fluid in your lungs. Like these symptoms are like, often happen no, no, no. anyways i don't have hiv nor did i ever <laughs> but i ended up having to stay a week in the hospital they had to drain the fluid from my oh heart my they blamed it on a uh, on a, a viral infection okay okay i'm posted up in the hospital for a week my sister comes to see me my whole family thinks i'm dead okay and my sister comes to see me and she's like hey uh dave is there anything i can do for you anything you need and i'm like you're like yes I there tell is. Her, i'm like <laughs> on my car like on the passenger seat of my car parked in the in the parking lot at the hospital there's a case of hot sauce i need you to bring it to mandy's like right now she's like what the are, 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 and we're still monday this yeah, is yeah still same monday? day, same day okay, same, of course, still of course. Yeah, yeah yeah okay. yeah and they got it so my sister brought it shout out my sister who now works for me and um, there you go and uh yeah turns out so so i get out of the hospital a week I go to Florida. I'm like, this is crazy. I'm go. I'm taking a week off. I need to relax. 
I'm going to go to Florida, come back from Florida, get a call from infectious diseases at the Jewish. Okay. Cause I was being followed by a cardiologist. Yeah. I get a call from the head of infectious diseases. I'm like, what the fuck? Turns out I had fucking tuberculosis. Jesus Christ. I contracted tuberculosis, a fucking it's Victorian tuber- era bullshit disease that no one, no one gets. Isn't tuberculosis, it's a, it's a bacteria or a virus? It's a, I think it's both. Bacterial infection. I don't even know. What's, no, it's what, a virus. Uh, it's we don't a virus. have the laptop today, okay? It's, it, it's, a, okay. it's a viral. <laughs> yeah. It's viral? It's, it's, it's viral, and it uh, attacked my heart. It developed around my heart. Jesus. So uh, it was called pericarditis tuberculosis, and what happened was uh, all this fu- fluid started um, like uh, uh, accumulating around my heart. They told me that had I not gone to the hospital, I would have been dead in six days. My my like resting heart rate was like 180 BPM. Yeah, it was it was crazy. I told that story to like Mandy. six days like from the Monday or six days from from that the day. Thir- from They're like you day. had six days like that was it. If like you, how, I get you must have been feeling like a total piece of shit to like have gone because usually if if you're sick Thursday by the Monday, typically speaking, your symptoms should be improving if it's like a regular cold. Yeah, that's what virus. I thought. And, and I guess, and you still felt like shit. So you're like, okay, something's up. I need to, yes. I need to go get. And like, not to sound like an absolute cliche entrepreneur, but like, my business was like, <laughs> my business was like, I was getting really good feedback. Like, orders were coming in. You know, that would yeah, never yeah. happen. Like, usually, I would go pitch someone. They'd say, like, bring me a case. Now I'm getting calls. People are like, hey, can, we need more. Can you bring us more? Yeah. You know, like a recurring yeah. business. I was like, oh my yeah. god, like this is it. Like it's slowly starting. So I, I was just like, this will, this will go. So so I just fucking. I toughed it out until I couldn't anymore. Yeah. You know, what's what, what, what is it like working with family? Cause you work Amazing. with, so you, so you just said your sister. Amazing. And is your brother still working? My there brother's, brother's a partner. Okay. My brother owns a small percentage of the business. Okay. Um, but I also work with my cousin and in your, in, and in your family, it's you three, you have a sister yeah. and a brother, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay gotcha. Um, yeah, my brother uh, on paper is a founder, right? Okay. Uh, he was involved he, uh, early on, would help, you know, make sauce and whatever. And yep. I, it was just normal to me that he'd become a partner. Um, but I love working with family. I mean, listen, I don't know. You don't know my my family, but there's a lot of, you know, there's some crazy people in my family that I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> work with. You know, you yeah. have to pick and choose. Yeah. Um, but... There's definitely pro every single time you ask this question, and I think it's just like anything else in life. There's a lot of pros and a lot of cons. You just hope that, um, you know, the pros outweigh the cons. For for the most part, when you work with family, I would agree. I think the pros would definitely outweigh the cons. You're like you're more comfortable with working with family and stuff yeah. like that. You'll speak your mind a little bit yeah. more. But I find sometimes because you'll be maybe that extra fifty percent or hundred percent blunt when you're asking them or like, you know, just trying to discuss something okay i think we should take this route no no no. i think we should take this route i think it just kind of sometimes the arguments can get messier yeah so i was very clear when i had my sister that like i'm her boss yeah i will fire her if i have to and like <laughs> yeah. nothing is given you know yeah. and i treat her with the same 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 how long has she been working there for now uh she's i think five or six months it's emily right yeah exactly yeah. okay so yeah. like she was working in a daycare she did early childhood care education and she was just like wasn't feeling it anymore got it you know and what's and she doing at smoke show now sales b2b sales, sales. and is absolutely a beast nice. and and it's funny because no like on paper she was like if she if i had just put a job posting out and and she came in and was like i want this job and i looked at her cv that said like early childhood care education worked at like a daycare was a nanny or whatever doesn't like, fit the bill no it doesn't fit the bill person. no but 
the one thing about my sister that I I knew for sure is that she's very organized and she's a great mm. people person. She she mm. can talk like Olympic levels of like you know and and that's really at least for my business what helps sell like an organization goes a long oh, way especially crazy. for because it's like typical a lot of salespeople that i've worked with they're great they're great at sales they're great at speaking to people but if like they're not organized you can't you have to stay organized with your follow-ups yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to that's it. and if you're not like you're not going to be an effective salesperson. yeah, yeah and so it's just that's what i look for when i hire sales because so we were always uh, like a, a dish, like working with distributors, yeah, selling our products. Uh, they would, you know, buy our products and then sell it at a thirty percent, you know, and that and yeah. you know, and that's how distributors make their money. And here, uh, let, let's let's back up a little yeah. bit. Okay, so so we got so basically we got Smoke Show, okay, or uh, Mount Rose Foods. Yeah, that's the yeah, official the, the, name the, of the. Yeah, of the, it's Mount Rose Foods. Okay. Uh, but we we got that. So just correct me if I'm wrong. I, I think I understand pretty well. We got so let's just call it smoke show. It's a little yeah. easier to remember. Yeah, yeah. It's manufactured by a third party. Yeah. Okay. And then basically you'll use third party distribution companies to distribute. And then you guys are pretty much just the branding and sales team. Is that well, and and service? Is this correct? That was how it was okay. for a while. All right, In let's, fact, let's, let's let's dive into this. Let's yeah. give us like the the picture because it's like the point of this podcast again. So it's to kind of. Yeah, we'll talk about other shit, but it's like an unfiltered business podcast and people Perfect. trying to get into um, consumer packaged goods industries and stuff yeah. like this. Like I want to give them, you know, I have a very unique outlook on it. And in yeah, fact, the let's, way let's, I've, I've re like I've rebuilt my whole business model um, because of it. So so like great. we just said from from the get go, as soon as I got into enough stores, I got brought on by a distributor who was like distributing like Joe Beef stuff and like really high end all the Mandy stuff. Like he was like legit, very legit. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, we're chilling. We like, like I'm, I'm good to go. Like this is guy's going to sell guy? my shit all over the place. I just have, sorry to interrupt. Is this the guy? I remember the story you told me at the uh, Clark cafe <laughs> where you met this guy at a trade show and like, and the relationship went south. Oh fuck. No, no, no. I, oh, dude, okay, you can, we'll that, tell that, 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 later. that yeah, company's yeah. gone now. Oh, they're gone. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Okay. Yeah. So, so this was, uh, no, this guy, uh, his company is called Favuzzi. They're fucking amazing. I love okay. them. They did like Got really it. good things for us, okay. but, um, for five years, they were selling our product. So at the time, we were literally a marketing company. I didn't even have in-house sales because that's what the distributor does. It, uh, so just to put the numbers in perspective, like I would sell a bottle of my sauce to Favuzzi for four dollars and ninety cents. He like these are today numbers. He yeah. he would sell it for seven fifty, and the store would sell it for twelve bucks. Like that's like the economics of it. Yeah, and that's how it went so you're, we're talking slim margins like i'm selling a bottle for four dollars and 90 cents yeah. of one bottle and, you know? and what would it cost you to make it, it depends it varies uh you know my margins would hover around like 30 35 percent you know which yeah. is like industry standard but i don't know to me it just didn't make sense so we, we operated that way but then we saw like a you know uptick early on of course we got listed in metro got listed in iga and and then things kind of plateaued like over a year you know uh even when favuzzi went from like quebec only to selling across canada again another little uptick but like plateau early on and he was doing volume but with like the margins that we had it was like nowhere near enough like like we needed to sell way 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 more so i uh, okay so the favuzzi contract was canada exclusive all of canada he could he was the only guy selling smoke show 
uh, we're talking like all grocery, all B2B, like, uh, you know, like high-end grocery, butcher shops, and big chain. All Canada except with Ontario. Okay. He, he, his business did not operate in Ontario. Okay. Yeah. So I hired someone internally Got it. to sell to Ontario. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. So you had internal distribution just for Ontario. Just for Ontario. So okay. basically my guy, Jared, shout out. He's like sales manager. Absolute, absolute beast. <laughs> he, uh, he started pitching places in, uh, Ontario and he and, was pitching more restaurants. He was pitching. Oh, no, more no, no, no. Like this was like, uh, only B2B, um, no restaurants. Sorry, I should clarify. No restaurants, only grocery stores, okay. retail grocery. Okay. Yep. Bit small, small guys. Okay. Cause like we were, okay. So let me take a step back. We were in, <laughs> so, so, so Jared's doing his thing. Okay. We yep. come up with the sales process where what we do is we send, we qualify the lead. We send them a starter pack, which is all of our best selling sauces. We send a note saying, Hey, my name's Jared. I work for smoke show. I found your store on, on Instagram. And I, I think our products would be a great fit here. Try them. So the store receives this starter pack, tries the sauces, sees the letter, loves the sauces and 60% of the time is converting into an order. Okay. So, so they're like, yeah, no problem. We'll take, you know, a case of each, whatever. Oh, cool. So now we're sending a case of each, but we're not selling at $4 and 90 cents a bottle. We're selling at $7.50 and 50 cents a bottle. Got it. So your so margins start, like my just margins went way up. fucking skyrocketed. Yeah. But only in Ontario. Got it. So I'm like, man. And you're thinking, you're like, fuck, hey, we're onto something here. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So in, uh, I want to say 2021 in like the th- spring, yep. I leave Favuzzi. And I get a call. I get a call from another distributor who literally sells me the dream. And this was like, you know, as an entrepreneur, you make fucking mistakes. And they were a huge mistake that I made. They were like, let like we're gonna distribute your stuff. They were young guns. Like the the CEO had like had this huge company before, whatever, whatever. And uh, they sell me the absolute dream. We kill the Favuzzi contract and we hand it all over to this company. And they. My, like my left shoe could have sold more than they did. They lit. They couldn't figure it out. They couldn't figure it out. And, and this sell. is the company where you had that issue at the trade show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you want to, do you want to talk that? Yes. About? So COVID hits. Cause like we, so this, this, this is the tangent on basically the explanation of how, yeah. Of the, 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 the organizational structure exactly, of smoke shows exactly. right now. So I still have, I'm, I'm coming fresh off of like Jared killing it in Ontario. Yeah. This company, um, brings us on and they're like, yeah, yeah, you guys can keep selling in Ontario. No problem. We'll do the rest of Canada. All right. Same. It's literally same. East and West. Yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, are selling, but like, you know, basically it's a, it was a completely lateral move, uh, to Fubuzi, but like, like more headaches. And this is during COVID. No, no, no. So I've never even met these guys. Yep. And then there's a trade show. Finally, like COVID's cu- like kind of done. This is March of last year. I have a pregnant wife at home. Yeah. She's about to give birth. I'm like, I gotta go to this trade show in, in the U.S. Like, yeah. I, like a, it's like a huge trade show where we were launching in the U.S. Like, I gotta be there. So Jared and I hop on a flight to Vegas, and <laughs> and the CEO of that distributor hits me up and is like, Hey, I saw you guys are going to Vegas. Like, we booked Top Golf, like VIP room, da na na, like let's meet, let's have like, let's have some fun. Let's kick yeah. this relationship we've off. No, we've never met before. Like face to face. Never met. Yeah. And like, they'd been working for us for like six months. Okay. And, uh, right before that, right before we met them, I pulled out from their contract, Quebec, 
and Manitoba. I'm yeah. like I'm selling to the to those provinces, including yep. Ontario. You guys can handle. And so Jared ended up just taking control yeah. of those um, yeah, exactly. regions as exactly. well, exactly because Got the it. margins were doing better, and Jared had full yeah. control over the sales. You yeah. know, so so like yeah, okay, whatever. There was like a little bit of pushback, but ultimately, like it, they knew well, that your it decisions. was exactly so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so we yeah. get to Vegas, and it's like a trade show. It's like it's like a huge huge thing. Uh, you know, we're fired up. I uh we we hop in an Uber, we leave the trade show, we go to Top Golf to like meet the new guys who are distributing our sauce. And these fucking guys show up so drunk out of their minds. Okay. And Just like fully, look, fully buckled. Yeah. Like literally waffle, dude. Yeah, like can't walk. Yeah, like no, I I look, I'm exaggerating. They could walk, they were whatever, but they were like smoke show. Like so unprofessional. Yeah. And like look, I'm not, not okay. the most professional guy in the world, yeah. okay? But like and I get that you're young and you're in Vegas and you work for, you know, this distribution company, whatever. Don't show up at a meeting with a client wasted. No. You know what I mean? No. If you want to have drinks with the client, fuck, go for it. But like, yeah. dude, it's first impression. But like they and, show and up. What, what time of the day was this at? Like 6, 7 p.m. Yeah. Like they were, it was too early for them to be that wasted. Yeah. You know? And uh, anyways, <laughs> they, they show up okay. and the two, like the two reps that are there are just like pumping smoke shows tires like they're like this is the best brand we have no 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 we're gonna crush it we're gonna crush it the ceo he's like not stoked because we just took back half the country and he's like you guys really fucked me and he's getting like super like confrontational confrontational yeah. but like do you know the type like the drunk confrontational yeah it's weird i, I don't respond well and you're, with that. You're, you're dead sober i'm dead sober so you're just looking i at just want to hit some balls yeah you're not even taking them seriously and you're kind of thinking no. to yourself what and a he point starts, did i get myself into? yeah and he starts saying shit that's just wrong yeah. about like our inventory levels and i'm like dude this is all fucked up this is yeah. wrong turns into not like a screaming match but like a pretty heated argument I'm like, dude, like you're so wrong. Like you run this business. I run my business. You don't have the right numbers. Like as someone who runs a business, you should have a, like a clear view on things. Like to be honest, because you're kind of like embarrassing yourself right now in front of your employees. It got like pretty, pretty brutal. We end up leaving. Jared and I take one look at each other. We're like, that's it. Like that's the nail in the coffin. Like fucking brutal. And uh, came home terminated the contract everything was immediately like yeah we took over all the Canada. so that's so in january we um actually no it wasn't immediately because i had to respect the contract so it was like there was a few months left and instead of like being in breach i was like you know what i just won't renew um also i ended up getting stuck in the u.s because i got covid uh, <laughs> while i was at this trade show shocker and um and my wife gave birth like a few days later so then I had a baby. My baby was born six weeks early. It was in the hospital for fucking two months. So like I, I was Did just Did you like, make it back to Montreal in time or six, six days before? Okay. I, I, I and oh, the only reason sucks. I got back was because on April 1st, they stopped doing tests to get back into Canada. Uh, okay. Cause I was still testing negative. Yeah. Uh, yeah positive. Yeah. And uh, so I get back on April 1st and you're stressed. Like, fuck, I got to get back home. Like, yeah, my, yeah, yeah. My, my wife's, wife's on bed rest. Yeah, dude. Like she was yeah. like, she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, going crazy like like this year has been so out of control and then uh and then yeah six days later i got back on the first on the sixth uh that was it sunny joined the world and, and and so so i had to you know be at the hospital every day for two months meanwhile i'm like juggling inventory issues juggling like you know bitter distributor who like i'm ending things with and whatever but we brought all sales in-house Got it. Uh, over this last sales, year. Sales. And when you say sales, it's sales and distribution. Yes, right? because we ship now. 
Got so it. like because our sales team is selling, like my sister, for example, yeah. she, she and you ship using what? We ship tr- using uh like a uh, pure leader. Got it. Yeah, and it's great. So now we sell all of our products. For uh, all of our uh, products are sold seven fifty direct to the the retailer. Got it. And our shipping cost is like five percent of of that. So instead of and what did it used to be using a traditional distributor? Thirty percent at oh least God, that they wanted well, to take. Okay, you know. So my margins are there skyrocketed. Are there more headaches? I would assume there are more headaches. I mean, if they're if they're charging you thirty percent, they probably took care of a lot more. So the fact that I understand the fact that your margins right now are higher with the sauce, but uh, hey, keep hitting. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I also have a fucking huge head, so that's probably part of the problem. Are there more? Are there more headaches that comes with having internal distribution? Uh, yeah. So like immediately w- like off the bat, so like, okay, so from going from one distributor who sells to four hundred accounts to selling to four hundred accounts direct, right out of the gate, accounts receivable. It's fucking headache. Okay? Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. But we've we've implemented certain things. Right now, any new business we have to get a credit card on file, we charge it after fourteen at uh, fourteen days. Yeah. Yeah. Automatic. Yeah. Um, instead of chasing people, we used to offer net thirty terms, which is like a banana land thing that like the yeah. food industry operates on net thirty terms. I do not understand. Got it's it. like, dude, we're selling fucking hot sauce here. Yeah. Why why are you paying me in thirty days? That's fine. And typically speaking, so if you're distributing to these four hundred clients, what is an average order? Is it so right now? I, bucks? No, it? my average order right now is hovering around like eight hundred. Okay. Dollars. You know, they'll do like uh, eight hundred to a thousand. Usually, like we'll push for a case of each product, and then like. And what's your split of selling directly to restaurants versus selling to grocery chains, for example? Okay, so another thing that we did when we killed our distributors is we killed all of our listings in in big chain grocery, which is another thing food bu- food businesses and like I. I had this same reaction when we first got listed in metro and iga i was like bro we're good we made it you know what i mean like we're in every and everyone was like bro i saw you in iga i saw you in metro like yeah people were like your business is killing it the truth is the fucking the the okay so the hot sauce will be in aisle five with the hot sauces okay my ten dollar hot sauce is next to a three dollar bottle of sriracha then you go you go three aisles down and then my my dijonais is there next to fucking French's yellow ballpark mustard, whatever. It's my whole brand was like all over Got it. the store, right? So it had no really, there was zero brand visibility. No one and walked I'm, through the grocery store and walked yeah. out and was like, wow, Smoke Show is a cool brand. No one even knew it existed. And I'm going to assume that it's 100% their terms because they're like a big corporation. They call all it's, the shots. Yeah, so they buy it. They're going to, they, I would assume say, we're going to put your sauce wherever the fuck we want to put yeah, your sauce. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a thing that like distributors will, will kind of like, you know, dangle the carrot in front of you and be like, oh, if you come with us, we'll get you listed in Metro and IGA. You know, yeah, so I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. okay, okay, yeah, let's go, let's go. With it. No one gives a fuck. People go to Metro and IGA as a rule across Quebec yeah. to buy eggs and bread and milk. Okay. They don't give a shit about a $10 bottle of jalapeno hot sauce. Now, there are exceptions to that rule, obviously. The Metro and Westmount, absolute beast. They sell yeah. a lot of smoke show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because maybe that demographic people over there, like they're more experimental or whatever, but you yeah. go to a IGA, like it also helps a bit. I think it's fair to say the perception that I have of a smoke show brand. I mean, it is a little bit more expensive than a regular hot sauce. Yeah. And people in Westmount, generally speaking, have a higher disposable income, a $10 bottle of, of hot sauce. They're not even thinking twice. Exactly. About it. Oh wow. This looks exactly. really good. I've seen this before and it tastes amazing. So. Yeah. So like that was 
like that's a big thing for us as well is like to 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 be placed properly like for example we do really well in barbecue stores so like someone goes yes. in and they buy like a three thousand dollar big green egg yeah they don't give a shit about a twelve dollar bottle of hot sauce so like they'll see it they're like okay well i'm already like spending four thousand dollars yeah. in the store so like what's another what was the bucks? term you used you said it's you guys are more of a, a gourmet product i think that was the term you used once yeah well like our whole kind of I'll say mission is to domesticate gourmet, you know, like, like to me, it's like, uh, you go to a, a restaurant and you get like a sandwich and the, the waitress is like, Oh, and inside there's this lightly smoked jalapeno Dijonais. No, no, no. It's like, that sounds so good, <laughs> it does, you know, yeah. but like you can't, there's like a divide that exists where people are like, Oh, that's just a restaurant thing. Like, like I'll only get that in a restaurant. Well, no, you won't, but you get it at home too. And like, that was like our angle. It was just like that sauce, whether it's a barbecue sauce. Like I remember um, going to a barbecue restaurant and having a sauce that I was like so good. It wasn't sweet. It was like more acidic and it, it was like smoky and whatever. And most people's reactions like, oh, well, I will only ever have this good of a sauce in a restaurant. Well, and then I'll go buy the craft barbecue sauce and bring it home. And it's full of sugar and it's fucking sweet, like yes. so sweet. Yeah. And I was like, why why does it have to be that way? Why does it, like this product only have to be at a restaurant? A restaurant. Yeah. Like, you know? Because like, it comes across as, as a homemade sauce. Yeah. That's what it comes across. Yeah, it's as. just care. It's just like give a shit about like the ingredients. And like to be honest, listen, like uh, we're not a health brand. Yeah. You know, we have uh you know, six of our products are all natural. Um but like really but like also, there's nothing healthy about going to, uh, you know, I don't know, garde manger and having whatever sauce they're putting on whatever. Like, there's a certain price for everything. Like, like to me, I believe, like, this is absolutely delicious. Okay, you're not eating it every day. It's fine. You want to put a little teaspoon of my Dijonais in your sandwich and actually make <laughs> it delicious? It's fine. Like, yeah. don't worry. There is, it's, it's like, it's, it's all good, you know? So, if... Let's go back to. I yeah, just want to make sure that sorry. we're. Flooding. I go off. <laughs> yeah, I go off on these, a tangent. Thanks for the, keeping me tangents. in my lane. Yeah, yeah, I'm that's, fucking, that's my job. My job is to try and keep. I have lane. ADD, Olympic <laughs> levels of ADD. So if let's I go back to okay. So the original question, just again, so if like the people that are listening to this, starting a new business when it comes to distribution, because this isn't the first time that you know there's a lot of people, and one thing that I'm learning about you know not only working here like uh, as, as in insurance, insuring all these businesses, it's just like distribution and logistics oh my god it's everything especially with the rise of e-commerce yeah but again okay forget that that's another tangent what i'm saying is so right now give us the organizational structure of smoke show how you guys are currently operating today yeah okay so today we 95 percent of our revenue yep. is b2b straight to retail okay yep. we five percent is online okay. uh online is good it's growing our margins are are are, are great but like we saw like, you know, during COVID, you know, 45% of our revenue was, was, uh, online. But at the end of the, like, I think now that COVID is pretty much done, people have fallen back into love with like brick and mortar and are, are just buying online less. So like, Oh, I can go to the store. I don't have to wear a mask. I can like be a human again. So like people are now like buying, we're seeing like, we're seeing big growth, uh, in, um, in retail. So we have, 
as of January 2023, we'll have two manufacturers making our sauces. Okay. Or th- sorry, three manufacturers making our sauces. Why, why, why three and not one? I guess they're closer geographically speaking to the locations you're distributing to? Well, uh, this past year, like I said, has been a complete nightmare um, with regards to my business. More, well, actually, that's not true. It's, it's just been a, a big challenge. Um, it was like growing pains. You know, we had to like to get to where we are now. We had to like pull some teeth and whatever. And like, it, but it, it's it was all the juice was worth the squeeze baby yeah. it was really worth it so and this I, is all in an attempt to increase your margins and bring yeah bring everything bring the distribution exactly internal exactly and the problem is when you have one manufacturer mm. is your a chain is only as strong as its weakest link and yeah. they were the weakest link My, the yeah. demand for smoke show was never the issue the supply was becoming an issue. They couldn't keep up. We outgrew, like we outgrew them. They had problems sourcing. They had problems staffing, and like their staffing problems become my problem. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I had no choice, but I ha- and I had to d- diversify. You know, and and I had to to explore other options. And I found someone who's going to start making uh, my sauces. Elsewhere. Same same recipe, same everything, just yeah. made elsewhere. Not only that, but in terms of s- scalability and in terms of like bringing this thing to where. I th- I think it's going to be in two, three years. Yeah. Like I want to have, and it looks much better on paper when you have multiple manufacturers as opposed to one, because if a fire starts in one of these guys, it's over. My, like I'm literally, I'm coming like, I'm coming to work here. Like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like not selling insurance, but I'll do something. I'll cook for your staff. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? Like I have no more business. So, yeah. So yes, we buy from two manufacturers for the sauces, one for the spices, um and we hold inventory at our downstairs we have like a we have a warehouse yeah how much inventory do you hold typically as much as we can but our yeah. manufacturers just shits the bed constantly so so we're we, we were sold out of it like for the majority of the year like just to like put it in perspective uh we probably missed out on on like i'd say about a quarter million in sales this year. oh gross uh, and like, I don't want to like talk numbers and like, whatever, like, like just in terms of, of, of actual sales, Ugh. people that we would have pitched that we were planning to pitch people who couldn't order, can't, can't order that got canceled. And this was all because the manufacturers weren't able or a manufacturer wasn't able to get the product in time to you guys. Yeah. Or, or just get it to us at all. You know, like, got like it. our, and all. if you guys have, so when you're holding, <clears throat> Excuse me. When you're holding the the sauces inventory, how long can you keep that for before it goes bad? Oh, like uh, sorry, like at least a year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, This is a huge thing. Yeah. That was a big thing for me. It was like, uh, you know, I I know people who have like cold press juice companies and they like, Uh, I'm like, what's your shelf life to like three days? I'm like, dude, are you crazy? How do you, I don't know how that works. Even midday squares, man, their, their, their shelf life. I remember talking to them and And they have to refrigerate it. They have to, it's very expensive. Yeah. Logistically. I bet you that's a nightmare. Exactly. Oh yeah. yeah, No. So like my, all my products are shelf stable. That was something that like I knew out of the gate, like when we were launching a new product has to be shelf stable, has to have a shelf life over a year. And, um, why, why did you know that? Because, you know, I, I knew I didn't want to have to deal with, like, products going bad. I had a, a horrible experience when I was making my sauce that um, the bottle started fermenting as I scaled up my, my product. As I scaled and up this, my And this was my early, recipe. early yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in, the, in yeah. the smoke show, like, creating the, the company. Exactly, show. exactly. It. So this is, like, probably four years ago or something. Like, um, I had scaled up my recipe 
from like a two liter blender to yeah. like I was making it in like this huge steam pot, like a, like a monster thing. And um, obviously things change at that level. Like it's not the same. You can't just do like take your recipe times a thousand and like you're good to go. Like, <laughs> That's what I thought you did. Yeah, no, no, no. So so what ended up happening was bottles, my like pH levels in the sauce got all fucking wonky and, and, and bottles started fermenting like a goddamn natural wine. Okay, so like I would get calls from people saying like I opened the bottle and it blew up all over my kitchen. Oh, I'm like I'm like yeah, what are you talking about? That's yeah. not fucking you're like, yeah. like someone's like messing with me. Yeah. Sure enough, like I got a video from Joe Beef from the head chef at Joe Beef. He's like, Fuck. what the fuck's up with your bottle? And he showed me he sent me a video and it was a bottle of smoke show in the sink and it was just like it was just like like a volcano. And I was like, oh, he's like this looks like it fermented because he like knows wine or whatever. And sure enough, that's what that's what happened. So. Again, this was when I was making my sauce um, in like a rented kitchen on Dakari and I, I had to go around like pulling sh- bottles off shelves around the city and like doing all kinds of crazy shit. I was like, that was like when I first started having like sleepless nights where I'm like, I'm going to fucking blind someone or something horrible. Like, I'm going to get sued or whatever. I don't how know. Lo- how long? Like, did you have to change the process? Did you have to add in a new ingredient? I and needed to how- find a manufacturer. I knew. Got it. I knew that's what I had to do. Yeah, you could put stabilizers and that's what we did. Okay. To kind of like... Uh, like, and when, oh, and like sulfate, it's like wine, you know. And they, when you when you go to a manufacturer, typically speaking, like, do you give them all the instructions, or do they? I would assume they probably have already a lot of experience, and they'll ask you questions like, "Hey, do you want us to add this to your manufacturing process? Do you want us to add this? How does that work? How do you find a manufacturer to make the, your oh, sauce?" Sorry. The the finding the manufacturer is a lot of like knocking on doors and like sitting with people and explaining to them not just where your business is at, but where you want to take it, and kind of selling them, uh, you know on yourself and and the brand really because they like you know it's like a, it's like a serious partnership you know yeah um well that's that's that's, that's like, it and that's uh, a big part of the i company. bring them yeah. like i bring making the sauce i feel like that's like 75 percent of the company like yeah. the sauce is the product that's, well that's it's the whole thing right <laughs> yeah but they want to make sure that like your business has legs and they want to make sure that it's not run by like a crazy person and they yeah. want to make sure that like you know you it's your you know top of your list is it a big investment for them as well yeah like yes and no. Like Cause I feel it, it like because like the way I look at it is like if I look at like a manufacturer that's gonna make the sauce, the way I look at it is, I feel like they already have they already have the factory, they already have all the equipment, they already have. I mean, and I'm assuming you're buying the ingredients and giving it to them. Like no, how that's that? it. They they it's like turnkey. Like that that's that's where it gets expensive for them. Is like Got they it. have to buy all the bottles, they have to buy all the labels. They okay, have to so buy they're all the they're putting the costs up front yeah. and you're paying them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so that's that is okay. exactly. I get that. So, yeah. um. What was the question? Um, if there's not really a particular okay. question right no, now. Just how your sauce started oh, fermenting and all that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so the, the finding the manufacturer was, like, key. That was, like, how I, I knew I had to solve this problem, yeah. which which we did. You know, I, I called a guy, and he, he made it happen. And um, and that's it. We never looked back. Now our sauce has been the exact same for, like, the last three or four years. You know, It's like, delicious, by yeah, the way, your thank sauce. You, thank I love you. Your yeah, sauce. people, even my wife, man. My wife, like texted me that because like it's always in our fridge but like yeah like that hot sauce like the original hot sauce like so i've literally good. been soaked in it so i've good. had you know just uh, like too much of that and she wrote to me like hey like just had your hot sauce like with my eggs it's so good you know what i mean I'm delicious like, i was like fuck yeah like people yeah. still love it people still are crazy about it but you know what's crazy our aioli outsells our hot sauce like three to one. Our aioli really? is like people be like, "Oh, you're a hot sauce company." I'm like, "It's an aioli company, no?" Interesting. Yeah, yeah. We sell so much of that. And aioli. so you guys, so you guys are only selling. So you're only selling to Canada right now. 
we're gonna wrap this up again in a yeah, nice yeah, little yeah. bow for yeah. where we're at in, in, in terms of the podcast right now. So we got Smoke Show. You guys do all the distribution internally. It seems like everything's on track for having the manufacturers to make the sauce. Why don't you sell to the United States right now? I feel like that would just be like a massive fucking market yeah. for you guys. I mean, it's ten times the population. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, so, um, it's not by design that we don't. We were supposed to, at the beginning of Q3 this year, that was in our roadmap, was to start okay. pitching the U.S. using that same business model, sending starter packs, converting at sixty percent. Our margins in the U.S. are amazing because we get just. It's a one to one. Our our pricing structure. So so you know a ninety dollar. What, what what yeah? What does that mean? One to one. Uh, like basically a ninety dollar case of smoke show here. Yeah. Is ninety dollars U.S. in the states. Like Got it. Our product retails for twelve dollars in Canada. Yeah. It retails for twelve USD there. Got so it. So when we're selling a case of smoke show, like to manufacture in Canada and sell in the U.S. is amazing because you're paying yeah. you're paying CAD to make it and course, you're selling yeah. it in, in in USD. So yeah. Um, that was our plan was just pitch, 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 get, you know, all those USDs. But because of manufacturing issues, we didn't have enough sauce to like to even start like that project. You know what uh -huh. I mean? So this so we've been that whole project's been on hold. Now I, I just locked in a new manufacturer. So I have I'm interviewing someone tomorrow who I think, you know, West Island legend but I can't say his name yet no because problem. someone else is going to scoop him up <laughs> when they find out he doesn't have a job. And, um, and so it's uh, a West Island legend and this is to find he's gonna do, He's going to launch. No, U.S. sales. U.S. sales. Yeah. Okay, wait. So, I so found on, a manufacturer. On. You found a manufacturer. Okay, mm -hmm. got it, got it. So it's, yeah. it's someone to handle the U.S. sales exactly. department. And, and, then, and then Jared, my sales manager, is moving to L.A. In, uh, in February. So he'll be like boots on the ground got it. Uh, there for six months and just building it that way. Oh, so th this, what's what's the plan for uh, what's the plan for the U.S. of A. Yeah, so so, um, basically, I'm out of coffee. Fuck. Are you? That's good. Doesn't matter. The uh, the plan <laughs> is to basically multiply what we've. I, I don't want to say perfected, but really like honed in on and optimized. We will say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In the uh, in the last year, bringing everything in house and selling direct and like having that like visibility and the control on our sales has been like an absolute game changer not to mention our increase in margins it's it's really changed like the economics of my business like drastically i've almost doubled my 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 gross profit margins you know so so doing that now now that we know it works in the in in canada and we've tested the waters you know i think we sent out like just to see if there was like any sort of drastic thing we we sent out like uh, 20 or 30 starter packs to the us and like converted on like 60 or 70 percent of them or something like crazy you know and they all ordered uh you know whatever thousand bucks worth and it's like now they're you know that that's it i was like that's all we need you know so i'll bring I, someone I, I, I feel like and m maybe i'm totally off i feel like you could get some really good partnerships in the south like in austin like in places that kind of Absolutely. you know brisket's really popular and Absolutely. everything like that i feel like you guys would really have a have a lot of success there yeah we're gonna hit all over you know like instead of like aim 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 and then shoot like when we think we know, I'm just gonna fucking just go everywhere, blast everywhere, and aim as we go, you know. And whatever, you know, whoever hits hits, and uh, whoever doesn't doesn't. But, um, yeah, I I'm really excited. I think uh, it's the the plan is to get you know as like 2023, 50 50 revenue spread like Canada U S. Um, 
and then uh and then take it from there but but the the value and the potential for growth is like insane you know? yeah for sure man i mean the but US i'm happy i waited i'm happy sort of control i'm just happy i waited because now i would have spent my time like looking for more distributors in the u.s which eventually i will because it's so big and like it's not like here in canada you get a distributor and they're like yeah i want i want canada-wide distribution but like in the u.s usually how it operates is like you get a guy who's like yeah i want all of new jersey you're like yeah okay fuck i don't give a shit you know i'll sell to the, all the other 49 uh states um so so it, it will be different but just to get you know our our toes wet it's gonna be about like selling direct uh meeting people down there uh going to stores and like down there a small chain is like like 50 locations here you're like oh you know small chain has like three yeah. four yeah, yeah, grocery yeah. stores like cavaleros for example like yeah. they will have like four or five locations yeah but their small chain is you know 10 times that so it's like oh yeah okay, it's a well, different game the u.s every exactly. every time you go to the u.s for stuff i mean it's the population is 10 times bigger people are i feel it's like i, I would always say there's rich in Canada, you know, there's a lot of rich people in Canada too, but there's rich Canada and there's like US rich and it's always another level. Yeah. Houses are bigger, it's just more wealth, there's more. And I find in the US, like I love going down to, to Florida, I go there all, all the time and I just find that the networking capabilities, there's so much more, you're gonna meet people that are, let's just, it's 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 10X, everything's yeah. 10X. Yeah, know? exactly. And I find exactly. just more opportunities and if you wanna go to a place and you really wanna kinda put your nose to the grindstone, I feel like it's a great country to, to do it in. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's funny you say that. I, you know, I, I remember the first time that hit me was uh, uh, one of my very, very close friends who um, I went to, to elementary school, high school with. We like carpooled together. He, you know, grew up, uh, you know, pretty well-to-do family, and uh, he was really driven. And he ended up going from Marianopolis to Wharton School of Business, which wow. is like top business school in the U.S. Mm. And uh, he was like one of the smartest dudes I know and came from a very wealthy family. And when he got there, he goes, Dave, I'm the stupidest and poorest kid at this fucking school. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I think yeah. they're like, you know, there's a whole thing. I, I like, I was in Sejap at the time. I was like 17. I was like, Oh, that, oh, oh, okay. Like there's just more out there. That, like I, I, I don't grasp, but, but I just want a small piece of the pie. My margins right now, you know, like some people, when they start their business, they're like, I'm going to fucking sell this thing in five years. I'm going to do this, which is great. Amazing. Like go, go for it. You know what I want to build is like a business that is like has rock solid foundations. I know my sales reps know the name of like the person they're selling to in, in, in fucking Red Deer, Alberta or in Sudbury, Ontario. Like, like that's what I love. I love that, that aspect of our business. And I, I want to multiply and multiply that in the U S and, and what it gives me is like a, a, a significantly more profitable business because I could just give all of my margins away to distributors, get into every store in North America, and then maybe someone would buy my business at some point. But like that's solely based off of the brand that you have. Yeah. And like, you know, our footprint across the North America and, and whatever and like and. But that's you're, one you're, way you're, to build the business but like, for like me, there, there's no right or wrong way so no and, and like exactly. your it makes sense your strategy and it just you know if you're going to go in with with high margins i mean that that totally makes sense yeah so if i'm understanding correctly 
because you're going after the margins, it's going to take, or your hypothesis is it will take a little bit longer for you to kind of enter into the U S market because you're doing everything yourself. And yes, those margins are higher, but the learning curve is probably going to be a little bit longer. Is that, yeah. is that safe to say? Exactly. Kind of. And, and, yeah. and it's, it's relying, it's not relying on someone else to build our brand. Right. Because like the yes. a guy from a distributor, who walks into a store, he's got a catalog with 300 products. Uh, in yeah. It. He, yeah. Like he doesn't know the story of smoke show. He doesn't yes. know that like, he doesn't know yes. anything, he, nor does he give a shit, nor does you he guys, have to. You guys are, and again, there's pros and cons to everything yeah. in life. And like to one of the pros of basically when you take in more of the procedures your place as a business is you control the client experience a yeah, lot more. Exactly. Like we're trying to do the same thing all the time. It's, it's great to work with distributors, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Why would they promote your brand when they are carrying a catalog That's of, of 500 brands That's or 50 it. brands. They don't give a shit. They want the order. Exactly. And like so. when I hear my sister on the phone from like, like this, you know, a lady Rhonda from fucking Saskatoon, like she's like, Hey Rhonda, you know, how are your kids? I heard none of that. Last time we spoke, your kid was sick. And then I, you know, like it's those little things yeah. like my sister's not a salesperson. She's not a shark. Yeah. Everyone likes to buy something, but no one likes to be sold something. You yes. know, and like that's it. They're like, oh, the nice girl from Smoke Show's That calling. is the art of sales. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, of and, course. And I agree. that's that's yeah. like what I try to like get into uh, my sales team's head. It's like, don't call them and just don't be salesy. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, again, this is so cliche in the sense where it's like everyone who manages a sales team says that, but but my my sister just calls them and she's yeah. like chatting with them how's yeah. the weather there oh I, you know and then and they're like oh yeah so uh, send us a case of each like well yeah, yeah well hold on do you know what i mean and like she could might like convert and like my other my other uh employee alex who is doing the same thing like they're so personable yeah. and and they're so like uh disarming you know yeah that it really really helps and, and again we're we're selling sauce here. We're not selling nuclear warheads. Like it's fine. Like <laughs> yeah. you tried the sauce, yeah. you like it or you don't. And if you do like it, like we'll sell it to you and the customer service is amazing. They have a direct line to their sales rep and, and, and that's it, you know? So, so that's the business I want to build. And, uh, and I, I like doing it, you know, like, like I, I love seeing the growth. I love at, at the end of every month, I look at the amount of stores we sold to, how many of them are new? How many of them are recurring? And I love, I, I love it. You know, like, like oh, we're closing so many new places. It's, it's just great. So, it's, so you sound, <laughs> you sound very passionate about this. I am. Yeah, I am. Because I could it, tell. In a way, like it's you, a new you, business. You enjoy the process. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very different. Like, like it, it was, uh, this year was like retooling all of our sales and like, yep. and, and manufacturing. Um, because at the end of 2021, we had like a huge, huge year. We were still with distributors. We had our biggest year in terms of revenue, but our bottom line was a joke. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, this. What am I really we need, doing? We need here? to fix something here. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. that was it. I was yeah. like, I was like, it was just like I had a shit salary, and I was like, like yeah. I was like, what am I really doing here? You yeah. know, a lot of people get surprised when there's a lot of these big brands, especially like retail brands, or or in a lot of different industries. And yes, the revenue might be really high. But if you're not running your company properly and logistically, et cetera, et cetera, a lot of times they're not making nearly as much money as people think. No, no, no. That's it. It's like trying to like, like for a long time I relied only, and maybe when you're like very early on, yes, revenue is a great metric yes. to like, for like growth. Right. Yep. But at a certain point, especially, and I, this is very personal, but like, you know, I have a kid on the way. I, or I had a kid on the way. I now have a kid. Um, you know, we bought a house. No, no, no. I was like, I was like, what am I really fucking doing here? Like all of that work 
for just nothing, you know? So I, 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 I like to make the analogy of like building a business and relying only on revenue as like the sole metric is like trying to fly an airplane with only one instrument on yep. your instrument panel. It's like, it's like yeah. it, 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 it will give you an idea of like where your business is going. Absolutely. Well, course. that's why if you look at a company on the stock market or, you know, revenue is definitely one of those things, but there's all these different metrics that you can look at. And there's like, you can't just take one metric to get the whole entire picture of what the business is doing. You have to kind of mix and match and use a bunch right. of it. Right. Because the, the way that the way that I've built my business now is I, you know, I could do half or uh, a third of the revenue of, of, of another business, but literally double the, profit yeah like bottom bottom line you know? yeah and and it it makes a difference revenue definitely isn't the the only thing that people no. should be looking at no and, and like yeah. the what i what i always look at now and you know a couple of years ago i used to just look at growth 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 i look at um i look at profit now so yeah. earnings and stuff like that i had another question when you started up and it doesn't sound like you did need this but maybe maybe i'm mistaken when you started the company did you have to go ask or borrow money from someone or get funding from like a, uh, a BDC or something like that. Like, how did you get started? I understand the fact that you started off small, you were building everything yourself. So the, the capital expenditures, it's not going to be that intense on cash flow. But once you kind of had a business in, the infrastructure was starting to build, you had your rent, you had all these yeah. other costs. Did you have to go uh, ask to borrow money from? I got, I well, you know, it's funny. I didn't get, I didn't have to go ask. I was approached by Misha and Andy Mineris. Okay, cool. Uh, at the time, you know, had inherited their father's uh, garage door opening business, and the father passed away like like suddenly. Yeah, right? it, was, like, it was brutal. He was a yeah. fucking legend, super nice guy, and uh, yeah, uh, you know, as Mish would say, and I'm not saying this, you know, uh, in any sort of funny way. He goes, "My dad's head fucking exploded." <laughs> he had like <laughs> he had an aneurysm. He worked himself hard. Like yeah, he was an old school business guy, and he. Yeah. Uh, he just went for it and uh and that was it you know he he had a brain aneurysm and passed away and 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 his his kids took over the um took over the business but it was an old school business you know he had it built a certain way and and i think that they were bored they didn't want to sell you know we're talking about kids in like their 20s like they, they didn't want to like be the garage door opening guys and they, yeah. they were kind of watching smoke show on the uh, you know from the sidelines and it's a cool brand yeah exactly yeah. and they were like Hey, let's go for dinner. Like we want to talk to you about smoke show. So I, I spoke to them and I told them they were like, Do you do you want investors? And I was like, Listen, do do I need investors right now? No. Like I'm I'm basically operating a lemonade stand. Like I don't need investors. Um, but do I see myself selling equity in this business one day? Yes, absolutely. Then they were like, Well, at what point? And I told them at what valuation I would ever want to sell equity. And they were like, okay, so they're like, at that valuation, would you sell us 25%? And I was like, well, like now? <laughs> and they're, <laughs> like, they're like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, at that valuation. And uh, anyway, so so yeah, they invested in my business. Well, do you want to say what the evaluate what the valuation was at the time? Yeah. Uh, and th so this is when you literally you have nothing. You just have an idea. Yeah. So a so brand, so I and you a sold a couple is, cases, is a million bucks. That yeah. that's what the valuation was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you said I want two hundred fifty grand. I'll give you twenty five percent of the company. Yeah. What around that? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. They bought twenty five percent. They bought twenty five percent. Okay. Are they still shareholders in the company? Yeah. Nice. 
fucking right they are. Nice. These guys, dude, we were doing, th- look, uh, we were doing $3,000 in revenue, okay? Those boys took a gamble. It wasn't an investment. It wasn't like, oh, look at this huge company. That's and an like, angel investor, right? That's absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. They, that's, they, that's, they, they, they were. Well, they, they're, they're not investing in the company. They're investing no, in you. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. and that's really what this was. They saw yeah. they saw the potential. They're like, let's get in now, whatever. Like, yeah. it didn't really matter and uh to them it was like a fun project they were able to help out we worked out of their offices down the street for like a while super super nice and 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 it was like it it, in the literal sense it defied any sort of like fiscal logic like do you know what i mean it was just like no accountant would have been like good idea like yes <laughs> yeah. like invest in this business do you know what i mean well, but m- most, they just most vc it. firms most venture capital firms um don't have successful investments i mean if you invest in 100 companies i think the ratio is like 80 percent of them are going to fail yeah yeah exactly. so it's and, and you'll always hit that and the big vc firms are typically the companies who hit the home run so the guy that went into facebook the guy that went into google the guy that went into apple the guy that there's all these stories and they basically just get super fucking rich yeah. off of that one investment exactly and like look is there some due diligence involved of course but there's also a lot of luck involved I mean, if you're like one of those early VC firms to invest in Facebook, there's a lot of luck involved. In that's that it. That's it. Yeah. So it was a great, like it, the timing was perfect. Um, and, and not only that, they're like the best business partners in the sense where like they're basically silent partners. Like they're, they're, they're hands not, off. Oh yeah, dude. They're, they're amazing. We meet once a quarter. We'll talk shop. Like, uh, you know, I'll let them know, but they go, they're off doing their own thing. We don't really speak regularly. Got they it. trust it's like it like boils down to trust i trust that like i'm doing what's best for the those business. sound like great investors yeah and and not only that but like you know there's been times where we did need more cash and and whether they did a little quick loan here or there or you know introduced us to their guy at the rbc or, or you know their guy at the bdc or whatever it was like they they basically facilitated our access to cash at a very early 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 stage I mean, which is important and that's one thing that you know all business starting up you need to have the cash or you need access to capital and there's a lot of industries or a lot of guys that are starting up that they don't fully understand that i was yeah i was having that discussion with one of my one of my buddies the other day and he works in like the hospitality industry and that was just something that you know i keep banging it in his head and stuff like i'm i'm fortunate enough you know we work a lot with intact insurance they act like a bank and you know it's no secret but you need to have that. And if you can, if you have like a recipe, whether that's a contact, whether that's a bank, whether that's um, a VC firm, whatever it is, if you have access to capital to try and grow your company, I mean, you're probably, and you have a good idea, you're probably going to be successful because you need right. to have the cash to grow. Yeah. And especially when, when I needed it most, which was yeah. like, we're talking like in 2015, 2016, like, yeah. like this is day one. You shit. have no money. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, and I have like, one product Yeah, and I'm selling it to, 20 stores yeah and i was like guys I, I like i have to like this is i won't be able to like live yeah you know and they're like no no no, don't worry about that like like we'll put some cash in it we'll fill the tank with gas and then like just go for it you know and it allowed us to like really like do shit you know and, and i and i find too like when you know that you have that um that stop when you, you have that backdrop and you know that you already i just had a deja vu i don't know why but we, when you have that basically protection and you know you have capital it allows you to go and focus on other things and you're not stressed especially yeah. if you hire someone you're not stressed on paying your employees That's you're not it. stressed on basically like fuck do i have enough money to like purchase the next order from the manufacturing exactly company? do i have it just like it exactly. allows you to focus on the actual business yeah yeah and it, and it, it without that money like 
I'm not sitting here talking to you. Like no chance, yeah. no chance. Because I, I, you know, at the time we we're gonna sell one product. Like we were fucking a Red Bull. Like I was like, I, I was like, yeah, we're just gonna sell this one hot sauce. Frostable. Like it was so crazy. Yeah. So now, uh, you know, obviously things have changed. Shout out Misha and Andy. Those guys, uh, you know, they've just done really good things uh, for this business. And like they just get it. Like they'll never. They don't come. You know. Like, so they invest this business, this money into our business. And then like for like the four years following that, or like three, four years, whatever, following that, like we're like not profitable. We're burning cash. We're like, but you know, revenues increasing and, and, and whatever, but never, never busted my balls about any of it. Yeah. It you, was, it was an angel investor. Yeah. I remember around this time. Uh, so let's call it 2015, 2016. And you used to have all these youtube videos and stuff like that so you're doing like the digital marketing yeah. you're working with uh, yeah. five pound to basically yeah. make the videos there i was watching them before did you, you have see now, new like, videos yeah you're do-it-yourself stuff i was watching yeah. those yeah i watched the recipe with the the filet mignon and the homemade hummus yeah, and okay. uh, i watched house. all that home videos go watch <laughs> yeah. it yeah yeah so it's like what what um why did you do that and why did you kind of stop and is the do-it-yourself videos is that kind of you trying to restart that up again because I remember at the beginning when Smoke Show came out and I guess this is just to make like the boom and kind of let everyone know that you were here. We're the new kid on the block. This is Smoke Show. This is the sauce. Like, why did you stop? I guess, no, here, here's a better question. What is your marketing strategy right now? So obviously you have like the cold, hard sales, I guess, like door to door and yeah. just like calling people up. Hey, we'll send you some sample cases, all that stuff. Do you have a digital marketing strategy or a traditional marketing strategy for that point to complement the old school sales approach yeah it's it's too it, it's interesting because you know I, I mean i'm not reinventing the wheel but we have to you know it's marketing a product but also the brand you know and, and yes. I think where i'm taking this is like i want people to really see like behind the scenes like really what this brand is about which is yeah. cooking using it at home when you get home and from that's work. always one thing i started to interrupt i just want to say it's like that's one thing where companies that only rely on old school sales there's nothing wrong with old school sales it works i'm not saying that but if you want to build a brand you have to have marketing you have to you have uh -huh. to like it, it's it's um, and I'm not saying you guys aren't, but there's like a lot of old school sales guys and they don't understand that. Yeah. Understand that, that part about it. Exactly. So, so the, the angle we're taking right now is to just look, people love, uh, associating a brand to a person. Yeah. Um, obviously I, as you can tell from this conversation, I breathe and bleed. Smoke You're Mr. Show. Smoke show. That's it. So, <laughs> um, so that person obviously had to be me. I yep. come up with the, the products and, and whatever. So, um, but you know, kind of like, I guess why you're doing this podcast is like, it didn't, I didn't, I, I just wanted people to be able to spend time with me and the products and like, get to see like really what my life is and like why I'm doing this, you know? And, and, and I use the sauce the same way not the green one, but all the other ones, the same way that anyone would, you know, like I get home from work or I'm making a lunch and I put it in a sandwich or I make a vinaigrette or whatever with it, like the same way you would. And like, I wanted something that was repeatable. I wanted something that was cheap. Like those videos that I made when, uh, you know, a few years ago when we started doing all these restaurants, like they were like, you know, 
expensive man like like yeah. you know what i mean so five, we've made a couple of videos with five pound as Love well five and they're, not, they're great they, they have a great product and stuff my dear but, friends those guys but i mean it's not they're not cheap well not <laughs> yeah you the, get what you pay for yeah it's like but any video production company like that's the price that's, that's the it. cost of that's what it, it is they have their cost that they have to spend and all right that stuff. right so but it's, it's i'm not saying they're ripping you off it's just it's an expensive process to get a video production of course and if you want to have and something that, that, that's why if you know if you look at smoke show home videos there's a big difference <laughs> from that to but yeah but i don't give a shit like it's for me you know i understand if you have a real estate company and like everything needs to look polished and clean or whatever like that's not what i that's not what we do like like you know uh dave portnoy's pizza reviews are shot on an iphone like you don't need to be super super polished and to be honest like i'd like the idea that i got a guy who i pay barely nothing pretty much free he comes over and we shoot these videos together we have a blast it's done in an hour does he do the editing too for you yeah okay but it's the same it's the same thing you know yeah. but then we put it on our website it lives in this little ecosystem where it's hosted on youtube it's on our website the website links like the the the, the recipe links to the video it links to the products and like we're starting to see more people like like coming to our website because our website converts, but we just have traffic. Like we don't we don't we don't get a lot of traffic. Well, like how, how much traffic do you have to your website every month? Well, I don't know the exact number, but it's like, like I said before, it accounts for five percent of my revenue. Got it. But it converts at five percent. So so if you have hundred visitors that go to your website, five percent of them are conversion buy. rate is really high. You know, obviously it would drop if we just start like getting to, but I, but like I hired someone twenty in January twenty twenty two. I hired uh, a girl who uh, she was working at L'Oreal. She was like managing, you know, millions of dollars of one of their one of their brands online specifically, buying media, buying ads, managing this, doing that, you know. And I brought her in because we had a few really good months online during COVID. I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, we sell directly to the consumer. I love online. I love knowing that the, the email of the person that I bought from me, I can send them a newsletter. I, like, I, I love e-com. I would, I would assume that for in the e-commerce, typically speaking, that the average order would be less than your B2B sales, That's right? Uh, yeah. Like uh, average order online right now is, t is $100 yeah. on the nose because yeah. we give free shipping at $100. So okay. everyone's buying $100 worth of sauce. Yeah. Um, but an average B2B is a thousand more or less. So, yeah. so it's like, yeah, okay. And, and then, and then as COVID restrictions started, you know, disappearing, Easing, yeah. people just stopped are a lot less online. like across yeah. the board. I mean, you see a Shopify laid off like a fucking a lot. thousands of employees. Like, a like, lot. like the thing just kind of slowed down. It kind of, it kind of corrected itself, you know? So, um, so, I just want to build something very organic. I don't want to buy ads at all. I just want people to like get to know smoke show. It's here to stay. And like, I want them to like kind of just really truly watch, like, uh, you know, get to know the brand. Like, like I'm a big documentary guy and I, I literally see smoke show home videos as like a documentary into like what this whole brand is about. You know, it's, it's what it is. It's just an excuse to, to like, it's like, I got to cook something, but really it's like, the interactions that I have and like cooking this food and whatever. Um, it doesn't need to be super high and polished. What I really wanted it to be was repeatable, scalable, something that I could do. I always have to eat, right? I'll always come home and cook dinner for my wife. So like that's not going anywhere. So 
I knew consistency was key. Uh, so you plan it, you, you want to keep producing these videos? Oh yeah. Okay. I like, like literally until the business is done, I'm going to do smoke show home videos because yeah. there's no reason not to. Yeah. There's literally no reason. Yeah. He comes over Thursday morning. We shoot a video. And how many do you have now? Two or three? Uh, we're going to launch the third one uh, tomorrow, I think. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And, uh, and that's it. We have like three or four in the bank for the holidays and stuff. Okay. But it's uh, like, yeah, that to me is what I, what I, like it, it, it's our marketing strategy. It's for people to see that this business is not full of shit. It's like a, like a, like a it's human. Like, it kind of humanizes the actual, yeah, exactly. The hot sauce exactly. itself. Exactly. Interesting. Very yeah. interesting. So your brother's a partner in the company. Yeah. But he doesn't work there anymore? No. All my partners are silent. I just, I'm just in the trenches. And your brother, but he helped you start the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then now he just came out with the show you were saying. Uh, yeah. This, this show Crave. sounds it, badass. It, it's, I want to watch a, this. It's a, a documentary. documentary. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's like a two hour documentary on Crave. It's called uh, Kings of Coke. Kings of Coke. My brother, Nick Rose, he's a writer. He interviewed all the guys. It's about the Irish mob in, in, uh, in Montreal. These were all the guys. So they lived in the NDG, Point St. Charles, all, all that area there. Yeah. Like right where I live in Point St. Charles, the old, I think it's Fugazi Pizza now, yeah. used to be a West End gang bar, if I'm not mistaken. I think Gr it was the bar. Griffin Pub. It was Is called. Is that what it was yeah. called? Yeah. And it's like all the gangsters would be there and all. Th I don't know. <laughs> no like it must have been no. interesting to just kind of you know 40 years ago walk in and go holy shit fuck i probably shouldn't be here right now yeah point st charles i used to live there as well yeah it, it was a crazy neighborhood you know like uh i remember there was a bar called chez dollar there how long ago did you live there i moved there in 2014 okay and i moved out i think in 2016 or 2017 was chez on st patrick it was on no wellington and what? Uh, and like Ash, which is where my brother used to live. Okay. Um, Wellington and Ash, right before the underpass that like goes yep. towards Griffin Town. Uh -huh. And uh, I went there one night, like the, the hockey game was on and it was like down the street from my house. So I, I just was like, it was like a Thursday night. I was like, you know, I'll just walk over there. I love to go to eat at restaurants or uh, alone. Not so much drinking alone. This story makes me sound like a crazy person. But I just wanted to go have a, uh, have a beer and watch, you know, first period of the game. So I go over there. And like these dudes come up to me, like you know, with like the Irish flag and like a four leaf clover. Twenty sixteen, yeah. And are like, hey man, like, uh, where are you from? And they're like playing dice in the bar and shit. And I'm like, oh, like, uh, I I just lived down the Stop street. The and street. they know he's like, no, 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 like, where are you from? Like, what, like, what background are you? And I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm like very Canadian, and like, I don't know, my dad's half Italian. If that matters, I don't think it fucking matters. And he's like, oh, all right, cool. He's like. We pretty much like run this shit. Like, don't start shit in this bar. No, 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 no. Like, they were like hardcore dudes, and they ended up being my brother's neighbors. And like, uh, yeah, they ended up like, uh, I don't know, it doesn't matter. But th they were just like hardcore guys. They were just like very hardcore guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah it was, it was like very real. Like those dudes were like, just he he pointed to, to a street corner. He's like, I grew up in this neighborhood. First person I stabbed was right there on that street corner. That's what he said to me. Jesus. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, uh, you like awesome. hot sauce? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like I grew up in Beaconsfield, dude. Yeah. You know? Do you want to get a pack of smoke show? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So what, what, what are your plans? Um, so I understand you want to, sounds like everything's going well here in Canada. You guys want to enter into the 
the U.S. market. Yes, yeah. Apply like copy paste basically. What's what's your plans for how many employees would you like to be in, say, three years? I was working on this yesterday. It's funny. So I was like uh, scoping out my next year. Uh, your revenue projections, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, in by then, I, I don't know. I, I'd like my revenue to double every year at least. Um, I'm really focusing on my net margin right now. Okay. I'm like becoming obsessed with the numbers of my business. I, I think that when like you're trying to go into a new market, because typically, at least this is what happens for me. So let's say, for example, because you so let's say, hypothetically speaking, Canada's all figure out your margins are fifty yeah. percent or sixty percent, whatever. When you're going to the U.S., because at the beginning, or I'd be, w- would you, is it fair to say that your margins? are most likely not going to be 60% at the beginning just because of the fact that you have to learn, you have to basically get the market share. And typically speaking, the cost of acquisition when you're trying to get a market share in a new market, like it's typically not profitable right away. You're more concerned about just having people buy your shit by any means right. necessary and worry about the profits later. Is, is it work the same way? Well, our process is really different because it converts so high. Like, because we send a starter pack to, like, a highly qualified lead and because the pool is so big in the U.S. And, like, yeah. right now in Canada, our process is converting at, like, 55 57%. And an initial... When you say converting, so you basically, you'll send a free care package and then yeah. half of them, one of the two of them will we'll say, be, like, a, we a love customer. It. Fuck yeah, send us your sauce. Wow, okay. okay. And then Great. their initial... And, and like, I, you know, the, uh, the cost of sending that starter pack, it's $25 worth of product. Yeah. And it's $25 in shipping. So it's Got $50 it. to cheap. get that there. Okay. And then their initial order. Yeah. Do you even talk to them before this or do you just ship it? We just ship it. Everyone loves a gift. You know what I mean? And and they open it and they're like, what the fuck is this? And then it, there's a note in it from my sales rep that says, hey, I'm so-and-so. I work for Smoke Show. We would love to get our products in your store. Obviously, the person's going to have it with their lunch. They're going to be like, oh, these are good. And then we see on FedEx or Pure Later, whenever, when it arrived. And we call them three, four days later. And they say oh yeah like this is really good like we want it we loved it the whole staff like destroyed your dijonets or whatever like send us a case of each oh okay no problem we send them 12 cases this is genius by the way a thousand dollars this is genius order and and then like and so you'll have someone like your sister for example would follow up three four days later hey my name is emily the process is smoke show is streamlined and it's perfect and it really works so so that to me like our cost it's not it's like the whole process is profitable this is now. interesting yeah so you guys are making you're making your margins real quick R- real quick because you know if we That's send awesome. out we send out 10 starter packs five of them are ordering a thousand dollars worth of sauce so yeah. so we send out 10 starter packs it's five hundred dollars half convert at least and they're ordering more or less a thousand dollars so so it's it's uh you know spend 500 and 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 make five thousand you know that seems pretty nice to me. Yeah, and, and again, look, it has to be monitored and managed, course, and and, and it's not. Guys there's ha- nothing in life that is like that. Of easy, course, of course. Do you have a CRM internally now? Yeah. yeah so to keep track of all this stuff, so you send an order, so it's going to be marked there. There's everything. A notification. They move all of the cards through a funnel. Yeah. Got it. Qu- from a qualified lead to closed one, they like they have all their stages. How long did it take for you to? I don't want to say perfect because nothing's ever perfect. How long did it take for you to get from? Um, where you started to where you're at today in terms of the sales process and getting new business and new clients and new repeat customers. It, it, like to really like, like m- not perfect, but like yeah. to like really get a good grasp of this, this process, it took like the better part of 2022 because we, 
you know, canceled our distributors in, in, in January, then hired, then started like, you know, trained, hired. And then, and then just, so in hindsight, this meeting that you had with this group of distributors in Vegas was a blessing in disguise. It was, it's the best thing that could have happened to you. It really was. It made like, they forced my hand in a sense because I was so sure that like when you're starting a food business that you need a distributor to live like they and and they really beat that into your head you know and uh and i was like i had this gut feeling that we could do it better ourselves Mm. and you know we could sell less and still profit more right because we were selling at such a healthier margin but the opposite and have happened. It was a win-win. Pro- we have actually, more control of the process. Exactly. Now we're selling more. more. You do like, yeah, there's our just recurring these- orders are up. Like e- everything has changed. You seem very happy. I am. I- I'm relieved yeah. more than anything Interesting. because, because, you know, like I said, this month dealing with inventory issues, you know, I went like eight weeks without sending out one invoice because we didn't have sauce, you know? Yeah. So that was like money spent every week a lot of money on paying my employees on paying my rent and, 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 and not one penny being invoiced you know so i'm chasing after receivables that are aging that are like dying whatever so it, it's been and then and then in my personal life you know having a premature baby six weeks mm. you know spending two months in the hospital How's he's the baby fu- everything he's chilling, good? Man. he's okay, amazing yeah, sunny he's you cool. said yeah, his name sunny cool he's the, the real ceo and uh <laughs> he's he's growing like so fast he's 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 crawling dude he's crawling you know he's like unbelievable and and that's it so but you know i and i was talking about this with with my wife like two nights ago there were nights when i would was putting him to sleep literally being like i'm not going to be able to send out an invoice (laughs) of sauce i'm not going to be able to like do this there's no sauce there's no inventory there's nothing i got to pay my employees i you know i didn't pay myself for a few weeks like it was crazy like I would rather just manage and, and do all kinds of craziness. So it was an insane year. Um, but the good news out of all that was even though we had no inventory, my sales team was still on the phone and they were mm-hmm. selling. So we had, we had over, you know, like a lot, we had a lot, a lot of orders backed up. And I feel like the people that you are trying to, or were trying to sell to at the time, if correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going to assume that they probably, everyone understands today. Now the issues with the supply chain and everything that's going on, were they more understandable, more understanding with regards to it? They're like, don't worry. We understand that there's basically a delay on everyone ordering or shipping shit. Like send it when you, when you can. So that was a big thing that I noticed, uh, with, our new model was that like hearing my sister be like, Hey, s- Hey, sorry, Greg, like our sauce is back ordered. You know, like, I'm really sorry. Then, and, and, and oh, don't worry about it. Like, like what's yeah. going to do? You know, like, like I said, t- it's probably the, sauce, ten- then. probably the 10th company that, no. that it's called. Yeah. No one's freaking like, out. Yeah. And if it's approached in a, in a, in a polite and, and, and transparent way, that's all these people want is transparency. And yeah, you tell them straight up, like this is out of our control. We yeah. do not manufacture. Our sauce. And this would be, this would be another advantage to having this internal to having this process internally because you're not relying on like another distribution company to call them up and basically like just tell the clients hey don't worry about everything's okay you're gonna get your order because they don't give a fuck they don't give (laughs) a fuck that little that employee who works for a distribution company who sells a a product uh, of a company that lives in montreal like like by the time they're not getting that they're not getting that call no no it's not happening no and so so we 
in-house just gives us so much more control, visibility, more better numbers, more yeah. analytics. We can micromanage certain things. Oh, we can only send you five cases instead of six. The sixth one will come next week when we get the inventory. So this year was out of control. It was by far the most insane year of this business, um, both on my personal life and, uh, you know, in my professional life. But now, like, the light at the end of the tunnel is here. We have a new manufacturer. We have, like, we're launching new S. My, my, and my just, sales team is, like, in a groove. They're just And now it's just a matter of scaling the recipe that you guys have, it sounds like. Yeah. Yes. It's it's literally applying it to the U.S. At least, you know, for the next year or two. And uh, and then and then we'll see. But, I, I like, I'm hoping that in, in right now, you know, U.S. sales are you know, maybe 2% of my revenue, one, 2%. I'm hoping to get it to 50, you know, I wish you luck with that. Thank you, man. I got a question before, before, before we end this thing yeah. off. If you were, let's say there's a little Johnny down the street and little Johnny wants to start his own, what's the saying? CPG consumer yeah. packaged goods yeah. company. Yeah. What's one tip that you would tell little Johnny? I'd say don't fucking do it. No, <laughs> no. I, I would ask him, <laughs> Really, if he believes in it, he he can do it. There's enough, you know, there's enough room for everyone. But I would say all that bullshit you see on social media, all that bullshit about working smart and not working hard, it's it's exactly that. It's bullshit. There's no easy way to do it, especially in CPG building, uh, CPG space. You have to fucking schlep. And you have to schlep nonstop because it's slim margin business. You're not reinventing the wheel. Uh, you have to always, always work your ass off. And don't believe, you know, that just because some guy likes your brownie recipe that in two years you're going to be, uh, you know, driving around in a Maserati with the top down. Like, that's not how real life is. And, and there's a huge misconception on, on, like, on like running a business, owning a business. That like it's not glamorous. It's hell. hell. It's not. Yeah. It's hell. The ups are high, like the highs are high, mm -hmm. but the lows are fucking low, and you have to push always. And it's like, uh, I think it was Warren Buffett who said like, to succeed, first you must survive. Like that's what it is. It's survival. It's like keeping your business alive, dude. Forget about revenue, gross profit. Like for the first five, six years, it's like keep your fucking business alive, and then we can discuss like actually like you know hitting certain levers and like becoming profitable. But like, there's no, there's no easy way. There's no secret sauce, pun intended. No, exactly. Anyways, I'll leave it on that. Uh, that was a good ending. That was a great ending. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Mr. Rose. I appreciate you coming onto this podcast. I you hope, uh, I hope people will listen and enjoy. I don't know. I, I hope so too. And we've been like splitting up. Joey's been doing a really great job and, uh, Joey does all the, she's the editor, does all the, the videography, all that kind of stuff. He helps out with like the social media posting and he's been doing a good job. We're just getting our groove onto kind of releasing all the footage onto like yeah. TikTok and onto Spotify, et cetera. Yeah. All, you all rent out the space. No, this is well. Yeah, we rent it out, but we have the most of the floor. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, this podcast studio. No, no, no. This is this is this is KBD. This is property of KBD. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, we built this from scratch. Well, Joey helped build it, and um, yeah, it's Great. it's it's yeah. Well, it's basically like what I wanted to do is is I'm 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 fascinated. I'm kind of becoming obsessed with. I want to build, build my own own audience and build it 
and this is not a podcast about insurance, but like yourself, everyone. Thank thinks God, they, because they, I wouldn't know. Oh, I, I, I would literally just no sit one here wants, quietly. I, no, know, no, I don't know anything. No, no, no one wants to hear about insurance. But the fact of the matter is, is like when everyone thinks of smoke show, they associate Dave Rose. I want people to when they see Curtis Killen on the podcast, I want them to associate KBD insurance and kind of get that brand tied in together absolutely and so that people just uh, like look i'm not trying to shove insurance down their throats but whenever they need to make a decision if you're a business starting something up that will be top of mind hopefully you know they give me a ring or something like yeah. that and hey if they don't then they don't and but this is really fun and i enjoy also learning um, about new businesses learning about different industries and it's also good for other kids that are trying to start their own business like yeah. i hope that this falls into the hands one day of someone starting up their own cpg business and they're going to take something from today and yeah. it's going to help them build their business. That's like the main priority of what I want to get out of this. Yeah, that's amazing. I, and if I can give you some advice and I think you're already on the right track is just keep doing it yes. no matter what. Yes. I don't give a fuck if three people listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah. Like just keep doing it. Yeah, that's I, I've I've I heard this the other day too, like uh, Logan Paul, big, big star. <laughs> Never and, heard of her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he said for it's something crazy. It's like for four years on youtube he had like four thousand subscribers yeah and then all of a sudden one day poof one video hit and he caught fire and he is who he is today he's in a little bit of hot water right now he's kind of he's shitting on his guests that's anyway that's a whole other topic and what's stuff. he in the hot water for on his podcast he's talking so there's this guy there's three of them there's mike logan and george and george yes is he kind of like the third wheel he is i saw bobby lee i'm a big bobby lee fan bobby lee lit him up he did and like it's like george dude it's like you're a comedian or you're trying to get into the comedian space yeah. if you're getting lit up by a legend Literally. you fucking just take it yeah. laugh and go with the punches That's it. and i understand both sides but logan was you know attacking i'm not i'm not religious but he was attacking the man's religion you can't do that you can't no. you can't shit on someone's no. religion you know even um, if you disagree with it yeah no, i know i never wa i've never seen that podcast but like uh, i heard bobby lee talking about it and um he and let like, him up it was like <laughs> he let yeah him it up. was great he let him up. um yeah. my brother actually had lunch uh breakfast with bobby lee at, Shut up. at green spot you know what I'm saying? when like uh bobby lee came to montreal for uh just for laughs and uh, my brother met with him and uh, yeah, my brother, dude, my brother did like, like a two-hour phone interview with Norm Macdonald before he died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, just like, and he's working now on Vice. There's a show called uh, Dark Side of Comedy. I think. Yeah, yeah. So my brother's writing for that, and he's doing like Dark Side of Wrestling now and shit. Awesome. But, uh, but yeah, um, whatever. Logan Paul, man. Like, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know enough about the about the man. I I like, yeah. I I I will say this. I tip my hat to, to get to the point where he's at and it takes a lot of hard work yeah. and I'll, I'll tip my hat off for, for, for that. You know, yeah. a lot of people love him. I'm sure there's a lot of people that hate him, but I think that's comes with the territory whenever you're, I read recently he was figure. involved in like this fucking monster crypto scam or something. Yeah, he shit. was uh, crypto zoo. And uh, he's, he's, <laughs> uh, well, we'll <laughs> like, see it was like goes. a mix of like NFTs and crypto. I was like, this is the most sketch thing ever. Bro, there's all these, like all the, the crypto space, a lot of these guys, they're not getting away with this. And when the regulators, you know, it's like one domino falling after the other. And when the regulators finally, when they want to crack down, not if, when they want to really crack down, there's going to be a lot of influencers that are going to be in a lot of trouble. I feel like he has enough money. He'll probably have the lawyers to get out of it. But there's going to be a lot I of mean, money is money. Like, uh, you, you know, that guy, Sam uh, Bankman Freed, SPF. Yeah. yeah. Dude, he's, lo he's, he's locked fucked. up in the Bahamas. Yeah, he's, like, fucked. he's fucked. He's done. Yeah, he's dude. fucked. As he should be. 
It's as so it fucked. Bro, you're stealing customer funds and using it to bankroll your life. You can't do that. It's, yeah. it's you know, so. Uh, All right, but well, Mr. Dave Rose. Note, so, Mr. Dave Rose of Smoke Show. Uh, yeah, we do not accept cryptocurrency. All right? <laughs> if you buy our shit, pay fucking normal money. <laughs> thank you so much, and uh, thank you. Enjoy it's it. It's been a, it's been a, a pleasure. Yeah, it's been an honor to have Mr. Smoke Show on the, on the show. <sighs> Lunchtime. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Two hours, bro. Two hours. Fuck we did that. it. Okay. Bye.